Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to the Become Fire podcast. This is your uh, host again, Father Peter Teresa, filling in for Father Anthony Tinker. I am excited to once again be joined by our our brother who was joining us down in uh, here at St. Kateri Friary for the year on an apostolic year, uh, Brother Elijah. Welcome, Brother Elijah. Hello, thank you. Yes. Good to be back. Good to be, great to have you back. Yes. Uh, you were, you were, you were excellent last week in my own humble opinion. <laughs> wow. And so, uh, you know, we might, we, you might be, you know, might, might be getting me out of a job, you know, it might be just taking over my spot. You and Father Anthony can just take the podcast <laughs> and run. Well, with a compliment like that, I'm going to have to kick up my penances a little bit. <laughs> uh, so last week, we talked about the St. Michael's Lent, and and uh, we just talked a little about what you're doing uh, last summer, and uh, and we wanted to do that last week because it was just timely. It was when St. Michael's Lent was beginning, yes. um, but <clears throat> we also wanted to take an opportunity to just to get to know you. Uh, something we've been doing recently on the podcast is just getting to know some of the friars. Um, we've been kind of doing little origin stories, if you will. It's very like a, scary. Like a superhero, you know? Yes, or, yes. And uh, so so we just want to take this opportunity to, to for you to just kind of share your story um, and, uh, and, and just to give the Lord the glory for for what he's done in your life and the fact that you're sitting across from me on a podcast friars and wearing a gray habit and yes praise god and <clears throat> seminary there's a lot of a lot of beautiful things and to be thankful for yes so, um so without further ado um would you just tell us you know where you're from where you grew up um how many siblings and, and just kind of what um yeah just what, what that was like for you growing up sure if you keep the questions this easy this is going to go real well <laughs> um so yeah i grew up born and raised in new jersey uh, before before anybody gets uh, you know starts making those jokes about New Jersey, it's it's actually a really nice place. <laughs> uh, what what part of Jersey are you from? Uh, so uh, I was always Northern Jersey. Okay. Uh, a couple of different towns in the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the diocese is diocese at Patterson, uh, about thirty thirty five minutes or so from Manhattan, and then uh, mm. you know all the shore points on the on the uh, on the east coast of the of the state there and um but grew up in a in a town that was you know more more rural had had um a lot of woods woodsy areas and stuff so that was always nice there's woods 30 minutes from manhattan there's woods i never wouldn't have guessed yes and then uh you know about 40 minutes there's more woods (laughs) so uh lots of woods but uh yeah so grew up in a in a catholic home grew up with Two older sisters, and then eventually a little brother. Mm. A little brother was was ten years younger than me, so okay. he was he came he came later, but he was a wonderful surprise. Yeah, amen. wonderful surprise. Um, and uh, lived in New Jersey most of my life. Uh, around sophomore junior year of high school, we we moved to Maryland, mm. uh, Germantown, Maryland, for oh, yeah. Yeah. about nine months, but okay. uh, didn't work out there. We were homesick, so we went back to yeah. Jersey. Um, and the same town that I was in most of my life, uh, finished out high school there, uh, went to college at Montclair State University, also okay. in New Jersey. And then uh, it was near the end of my time there that I started discerning the priesthood and uh, went off to 
Franciscan University of Steubenville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually... The road came here. Amen. Amen. But I don't know if you want to ask me more specific questions. Yeah, yeah. That, well, so. <laughs> uh, what? Um, I absolutely do. Um, what? What would a, a young brother Elijah? What would he have been doing to uh, to entertain himself to to keep busy? What sort of things were his, were your hobbies or your um, your interests? Um, How young are we talking? As young as you want. Okay. <laughs> well. So I really, when I was really little, uh, I really liked action figures. Yeah. I loved doing like, uh, so I would build like little forts and then the action figures would fight in or around the forts. Naturally. And then eventually someone would either kick the fort down mm-hmm. or get thrown into the fort. Yeah. Just, that was like the, the, the you know, climax of the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever went through the fort, they most likely were going to lose. Yeah, for, for I sure. I mean, you can't, you can't recover. No, from. that's it's really hard to come back from Yeah, that. You go through a bunch of Jenga blocks. Yeah. I mean, it's over. Yeah, you're you know? a little disoriented. And, yeah. 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 So um, a lot of action figures. I always liked ninjas growing up. Excellent. Big into uh, Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers. Yes. Uh, so when I wasn't playing with, with action figures, I was fake fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so. so you really needed a little brother. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he came about. He was a welcome. Ten years, yeah. ten years later. Did he um, ever get thrown through a fort? <laughs> he got, he got tormented. Yes, <laughs> the poor, the poor child got tormented by me. As um, only a younger brother can. Yes, yeah. yes. But uh, thanks be to God, we're very close yeah. now. So yeah, awesome. the Lord heals all wounds. Amen. Amen. But uh, yeah, I, I liked drawing actually. Um, when I started to get a little bit older. Um, so I would, I would draw, I would, I would sketch things. Mm-hmm. Um, I also enjoyed, uh, sports, played a lot of sports oh, growing great. up. Um, what was your favorite sport? Baseball is my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I also played bas- a little bit of basketball, um, mostly recreationally, but, yeah. uh, especially coming around high school, I didn't, didn't play for the team or anything, yeah. but baseball was a sport that kind of perdured through my life. What, uh, what position on the, on the diamond? Oh, uh, it, it changed. I was mostly outfield. Um, couple of, couple of times I would play first base. I played third. Um, what was your favorite position to play? I'll ask that. Outfield. Okay. Outfield. So, uh, right or center? Probably center. Mm. Center's the, the, the best because you just call everyone off. It's just yours. Yeah. And then you could also dive. And if you dive, you just, there's someone behind you. Yeah. So you can kind of just go for it. Yeah. Um, it's always bad when you dive, but there's no one behind you. Yeah, that's, but, that's... I mean, yeah, no, so it was, it was fun. Center field. Did you have a favorite athlete, like a favorite center fielder that you? So Bernie Williams was, was the center fielder for the Yankees mm-hmm. growing up. So Bernie was dear to my heart. Okay. Uh, and my older sister had a crush on him. <laughs> So that made it even cooler for me. So let me just throw older sister under the bus. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And uh, but my dad, growing up, he was a, a huge Mickey Mantle fan. Okay. So um, you know, old Yankees, Mickey Mantle was was uh, really um, an inspirational athlete. Even if his life wasn't wasn't all that uh, together, he had a hard life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my dad met him in the Mickey Mantle restaurant, actually in, wow. in Manhattan, and got an autographed book from him so that That's was in my, cool. in my room for a while yeah 
So. So it sounds like maybe unfortunately you are a Yankees fan. I am fortunately a Yankees <laughs> fan. Yes, I am. Now, my brother-in-law is a Yankees fan too. So <laughs> that's I know. I know there are good people who who support the evil empire. Yes. I'm a Pirates fan, so it's just like I just live in a perpetual purgatory and just stare at the promised land in in, in the Bronx and just <laughs> maybe one day we'll we'll have a have one World Series like in my in my lifetime. We'll but, uh, see. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. Anyways, yes. this podcast is about you, not me. So <laughs> um so what was your walk with the Lord like when you were during this time, just grade school, junior high? Ooh, grade school, junior high. Um so I what I remember uh going back even earlier, so I went I actually went to um a Catholic school, St. Anthony's. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some, there were some Franciscans there. Um, and my, now let me see if I could remember. I think he was my second grade teacher. Hmm. Uh, was brother Greg. OFM. Brother Greg. Yep. Shout out to brother Greg. Shout out to brother Greg. And, um, I remember at a young age, there was a crucifix in the hallway and when we would walk from Brother Greg's class either to lunch or I would just take the hall pass to go to the bathroom. Remember hall passes? Oh, yeah. Those were wonderful. <laughs> um, but I would take the hall pass to go to the bathroom and I would, I would cross the crucifix. Yeah. And I always felt like I needed to genuflect. Hmm. And so as a little guy, I would go past the crucifix and I would, I would genuflect. I remember one day the the principal came up to me and she was like, "You don't have to do that, you know." <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just had like this piety, you know, and I think a lot of it was was from my mom. Um, she actually told me uh, she would take me sometimes into the church to pray with her, and she tried to explain to me one day, you know, like in the tabernacle, you know, Jesus is in the tabernacle, mm-hmm. right? And so my my question and response was. They keep his head in there <laughs> because you know, as a kid, you know, it's, it's only not all you can fit in. All, there. all about you can yeah. fit is the head, you know. So uh, that that was my response to my mom saying that. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so I remember that. I remember we had a, a statue of Our Lady in the back by the shed uh, mm. that uh, I would go back there and just stand there. I don't remember if I was praying or what mm. I was doing, but I always remember going back there. Um, but went to church, you know, all my life with my family. Um, middle school, uh, I don't remember too much what, what I was like <laughs> with the faith in middle school, uh, but I was certainly a rambunctious young, young fella. Um, uh, got in trouble a lot in class. Uh, was kind of a, a little bit of a class clown. Um, got a couple of detentions. It happens so, to the best you, know, of you, you fall off the wagon. It takes wagon. all kinds. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, high school, I remember doing some retreats, um, you know, uh, helping to lead some retreats as part of the youth group there. Um, but it was also, I think in high school where I kind of started to become a little bit more of a punk and, and lose my way. Hmm. Um, and really, um, well, no, I mean, that's, even that's not true. I would say even in eighth grade, I started to lose my way. Um, and just, you know, no, bad relationships, um, bad relationships. Sure, yeah. And um, also just kind of, you know, your parents do the best they can, but if you're not making the faith your own, you know, it's, it basically just becomes the thing that you do on Sunday. Um, and so I think, you know, 
eighth grade into high school, uh, and then even into college, uh, there was just this span of time where I wasn't really following the Lord, wasn't really um, actively, you know, following the Lord, even if I was going to Mass on a Sunday. Um, but I think that near the end of my, oof, maybe my my junior year mm-hmm. of, of college, undergrad, uh, sophomore year, um, you know, I had been falling into the same sins uh, freshman year and, and really for a long time. And I went to confession to a priest and uh, it was the same priest that I would go to. So he started to recognize my voice. <laughs> And so, you know, when you're, when you're deep in your sin, you kind of confession hop a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, because you don't want the priest to know it's you. Um, but the priest recognized my voice and I had been confessing the same thing over and over again. And he basically said to me, you know, I'm, I'm not going to absolve you because, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like you're not actually really sorry for what you're doing. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to just get my confession so that I didn't have to go to hell if, if I died. Right. But, you know, in hindsight, um, I was really just being presumptuous. Hmm. So who knows if I would have died, if, if I would have went to hell anyway, yeah. you know, um, sorry if that's heavy folks, just being real. <laughs> um, but you know, thanks be to God, he preserved my life during that time. Yeah. Um, and thanks be to God for that priest, yeah. because it kind of just smacked me upside the head. And I was like, wait a minute, um, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, not only am I aware of what I'm doing, and not only do I know what I'm doing is wrong, um, but I am presumptuously approaching the Lord in, hmm. in the sacraments um, and just totally kind of nonchalantly walking out of the confessional um, knowing that probably a day or two later, I was going to be doing the same exact thing, you know? Um, and so I think that was like the first really kind of wake up call for me. Um, so thank you to that priest, wherever you are. Um, and I think after that, um, somewhere along the the line, I did a Marian consecration. Hmm. Um, and I remember the relationship that I was in that I just couldn't, for the life of me, get out, get out of it. Um, even though I needed, I, I know I, I knew I needed to, uh, I couldn't get out of it. Um, and one day I remember, um, I went on, on a date with my then girlfriend and we went to a movie and I walked out of the theater and I just knew it was over. Uh, and everything that I had been struggling with and that I couldn't figure out how to stop on my, by myself just stopped just went totally cold. Hmm. Um, wow. And even some of the, the stuff attached to it, just, just a lot of the thoughts and things that I would struggle with, it just stopped. Um, and I really attribute a lot of that to Our Lady, hmm. just asking the Lord, hey, let me, uh, let me take a whack at it, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll take this one, you know. Um, and, and really just receiving a special grace for me to to kind of be able to just lay that aside yeah. uh, and finally be free from, from those chains and shackles. Um, and then I had been working in a restaurant and I met a girl, uh, another girl. <laughs> there was a lot of girls that I, that I had been meeting. Um, and, 
uh, uh, really from a place of neediness, uh, really from a place of brokenness mm. and looking for love mm, um, yeah. in all the wrong places, right? And, um, but I met a girl who was a, a non-denominational Christian and there, there was just something different about her. Hmm. Um, she, she had this purity about her. She had this, um, this light in her eyes um, that I wasn't used to with a lot of the girls that I had been pursuing or the girls that had been pursuing me. Um, and I say that in all humility, it's just what happens when people are broken. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I didn't really know why I was attracted to her at first because she was a little awkward. (laughs) But uh, she was a a very pretty girl, but there was her personality was not at all the type of personality that I would usually. But she had the Lord. Um, She had the Lord. And um, long story short, we, we started to hang out and. I told myself I was going to convert her to Catholicism Mm -hmm. because I knew that if I was going to get married, it had to be in the Catholic church, Mm -hmm. even if I wasn't totally convicted of of why or the importance of it. Um, But I was going to convert her to Catholicism and we were going to get married. And um, basically through that process, uh, uh, she started challenging me on all of this stuff from scripture and why I believed what I believed as a Catholic, and I had no answers wow. for her uh, yeah. as to why. And, but I knew somehow, some way, even if I couldn't have explained it to you, I knew that what I had was true. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to figure out why. And so I, I started reading scripture, I started uh, studying the faith. Um, and also around this time, I met, I met a priest who was, who was charismatic. Who preached the word of God like yeah. I'd never heard before? Yeah. Uh, who who looked like he loved to preach the word of God? Yeah. He loved to be a priest, um, and so there was kind of all these things kind of falling together for me. And um, as I studied and as I read scripture, I really believe you know I, I remember going to a, char- a charismatic conference in New Jersey, and uh, Patty Mansfield Gallagher was actually there. Okay, um, yeah. So if you don't know it much about the Charismatic Renewal, Patty Mansfield was one of the um, the first Catholics to to really be a part of and to help grow the the Charismatic yeah. Renewal. Um, and she was at a conference, a Charismatic conference in New Jersey, and and this priest was also there, who I had been going to see and and talking to him about stuff. And I asked him, and I and I said, Father, can you pray over me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And he just kept saying to me, "You're already baptized in the Holy Spirit." Hmm. And I thought he was just being weird because sometimes he would like mess with me. And I was like, he's just like, he's just pushing my buttons. So like he's just doing the thing that he does and he's just trying to get a rise out of me. But I asked him a few times and he just kept saying that to me. Um, and looking back, I, I believe what happened was when I, when I did my consecration to Our Lady, yeah. I believe I, re- I also received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yeah. because I, I grew hungry for scripture and, hmm. I, and I wanted to understand my faith. And um, again, I had that, the faith to kind of know that what I was doing was true, even if I wasn't living it, I knew that the church had the truth. Yeah, uh, and a lot of that is is what people will describe when they say, you right. know, I got baptized in the spirits, X Y Z happened. And so, um, kind of back to the story, you know, studying the faith and reading scripture, and I just started to fall in love with with the teachings of the church. Mm. And through the teachings of the church, I encountered the person of Christ. Yeah. And 
um, like the Lord has done with me so many times, I intend to do one thing and he does a completely different thing. And, you know, at the end of this journey, uh, I started, uh, this is, a, I think, near the end of my, my senior year in college, my undergrad years. I started to hear in my heart, be my priest, be mm. my priest. And so, um, and this was strange for me because I had never heard the Lord speak to me before. <laughs> so yeah, sure. the first thing you're going to say to me is be my priest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I am, uh, you know, 100% go on, on getting this girl to convert so I can get married. <laughs> um, and so, you know, kind of just dismissing it that I was just crazy or something. Yeah. Uh, but started to talk to uh, a priest at the Newman Center also and just talking to him about this. And um, just kind of in my heart, I knew that this was this relationship wasn't going to work out. Yeah. Um, and in a very real way, I think the Lord just used it to to kind of draw my heart to himself. Yeah. And so um, that was very hard. But at the same time, I had this new fire and this new fervor mm. to really give myself over to the faith. And I started to consider the priesthood. Um, and this was very strange for me because my whole life, you know, I, I was the kid who in kindergarten had a girlfriend, you know, like, <laughs> like I had a girlfriend every year. You're just of, some Italian sweetheart. Yeah, just, you know, I, I'm a romantic. I, yeah. I'm always thinking about, you know, um, all the ways that, you know, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. And But the Lord was doing his own romancing uh, yeah. of me. And so... Um, you know, I, I I talked to, um, again, a couple of priests, and I decided that I needed to really give this some attention yeah. and prayer. And um, <clears throat> I decided to, you know, graduated with intentions of going to law school, took the LSATs. I mean, that was probably the worst experience of my life. <laughs> Um, it was, I don't know who designed that test. I think there's a whole club of people out there who, who have a similar experience as you do. I, I, I literally, I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> like you're just sitting there for like seven hours filling out bubbles and, and trying to do logic games and sweating profusely. And <laughs> it's just a terrible experience. Um, don't want to discourage anyone who's thinking about becoming a lawyer, but, uh, uh, anywho, that wasn't my call. Yep, um, yep, God yep. made that perfectly clear by my score. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I discerned to to go to Franciscan University, yeah, uh, study for a master's, and yeah. to spend time there discerning the priesthood because yeah. they had a like a prethe program, pretheologate, or uh, they're called the priestly discernment program now. Yeah. And so you're you you go to you have this conversion. You're you're on fire for the Lord. Uh, you're discerning priesthood now, yeah. and so how how do you find yourself um, becoming a Franciscan friar of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so while I was at Franciscan, I actually met a couple of the friars. You know, um, if you if you don't know our story, a couple of the friars um, who were part of the the Third Order Regular France, uh, France, Francis uh, Saint Francis um, asked you know, permission and, and were received by Bishop Olmsted to come down here uh, and came out of the community that's currently at um, both St. Francis University and Franciscan University. Uh, but I met a couple of those guys mm -hmm. uh, and just some of the ministry stuff that they were doing, and I found it very attractive. Um, but I didn't necessarily want to discern the order that they were in. Mm -hmm. And so just started discerning other uh, communities while I was at Franciscan. 
uh, and kind of at the end of my time there, um, I had started to discern a, a community actually in Peru uh, called Family of Jesus the Healer, um, while simultaneously had an option to go to Louisiana State University to do uh, campus ministry there, mm. uh, to work as a campus minister. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. That's yeah. right. And uh, so I was praying and, and discerning and checking out different communities, but you know, I graduated, I went to discern with uh, the community in Peru and I actually loved it. Mm. Um, and by the end of it, I basically said to the Lord, you know, Lord, I'll, I'll do it. I'll join this community. Like they're in the middle of the jungle. Um, <laughs> I, I've been getting eaten by gnats ever since I got here. Um, I have to wash their clothes in buckets, but I'll do it. You yeah, know, yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they're, they're, the community is beautiful. I'll do it. And I heard him just say one word to me and he just said, no. And I, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You know, like I'm finally fully opening yeah. my heart to this and you just said no to me. Um, so I, I went back and, and I, I took the job at LSU. But right when I took the job at LSU uh, and was leaving Franciscan, um, these couple of friars were also, you know, going down to Arizona to start a mission. Yeah. And uh, something just kind of clicked in my head. And I was like, whoa, like this is, this is amazing. Like maybe hmm. this is the community. Like I couldn't yeah. find it and maybe this is it now, you yeah. know? Um, so I spent two years in Louisiana, uh, came down the first year to discern um, and immediately <clears throat> felt like I was home. Wow. Just kind of knew that this is where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and you know, that first come and see, it was funny because the other communities I had gone to they all told me you needed to do two, two come and sees before they could like. And yeah. so I just thought this was my first come and see. So I was kind of nonchalant and everything. But I think all the guys kind of like when they saw me, they were like, he doesn't really seem like he's interested. <laughs> but I really was. I was like, oh, I'm just doing my obligation. Come and see, you know. The next one. I'll uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The next one I'll really, you know, give myself over to it. That's but, uh, funny. But I did, I did feel like uh, the Lord was telling me he wanted me to wait. Uh, and so I did. I waited another year and yeah. came down again. And then I felt like the Lord said, okay, now it's time to come. Yeah. And so joined the Friars in, in the summer of uh, 2017 and been been with been with us ever since. Praise God. No, thanks yeah. be to God. It was a, we're very blessed to, to have you in the community. We're very blessed to, to have you in Phoenix with us. And yeah. Blessed to have you on the podcast. That's been um, awesome. I just want to, uh, we're, we're almost out of time. Before we get to our question, um, you... You mentioned Our Lady a couple of times, you yeah. know, just even a kid, you're drawn to her statue. And, uh, you know, I find it comical you saying that even in kindergarten you had yourself a girlfriend. And, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I have the privilege of, of having the opportunity to live with brother a couple of times. And, and that romantic heart is still very much in there. And very often when it's a, it's a feast day for Our Lady, there's there's flowers for her. Yeah. Um, and, and you still... You're still getting flowers for your sweetheart. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so could you just speak a word to um, about just the uh, Marian devotion and, and its importance and just um, what it is for you? This is a very mean thing to do with, well, how much time do I have? You got like 90 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> Ow, this hurts me. Um, yeah. No, uh, you can take, you can take, you can answer the question. <laughs> I, so we'll do if we can do another one on Marian devotion. Okay, okay, that yeah. makes me feel just better. Prime the pump right now. It makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, so if I start shouting at you people, <laughs> please forgive me. Um, yeah. 
No, I, I think uh, <clears throat> just personally, again, sh- uh, she, I really do believe she just asked the Lord for me. Um, I think she just knew, apart from a special grace, I was going to be in, in big trouble, you know? And very present to me from the time I was younger. Um, but I think, I think the way that Our Lady works, um, the way any mother works, um, a mother who, who truly embraces their maternity, their femininity, they really just prepare your heart in all of the most subtle and, and humble ways. Mm. Um, where it, it, unless you really sit and look back, you, it's almost as if you don't even see it. Um, but when I look back at my life, she's intimately involved in, in every, every part of it. Um, and she prepares your heart to receive the love of the Father. And mm. that's what any mother should do, you know. Um, and even, you know, when, when you talk about even just psychology, like the first years of, of a child's life are so formed by the mother. Yeah. They're so attached to the mother. And then, you know, in the, in the later years, just receiving that identity from the father. Um, but the, the heart of a mother is what prepares our hearts for that. And so that, in essence, is what devotion to Our Lady is. It's what it's been in my life, um, that she, she does everything that we can't do on our own. Mm. Um, just like a, a child, an infant, uh, can't feed themselves, can't change themselves, can't even hold their heads up yeah. uh, yep. without the mother's help. Um, and then when they're ready, when they start to, to come to their own and they start to find their own identity, the father comes in and he imparts that identity. Yeah. You know, he tells them with that love and that authority and that strength who you are. Um, so she does all the foundational work, you know, um, but everything, all the glory, all the honor goes right to Jesus uh, because he's the one in his infinite mercy who has given us this mother yeah. um, and who has... You know that it, in a very real way, um, if you want to know the mercy of God, uh, Marian devotion. Yeah, because you know this is where I think we get it wrong so often. You're not taking emphasis off of Jesus. You're emphasizing something about Him hmm. that He has chosen to portray and to communicate through His Mother. Yeah, um, in a way that we know how to approach our mothers. So, Amen. yeah. Well, it is right and just that we. Um, just honor her this month of August in which we are um, meditating upon her uh, immaculate heart. And so just with that, uh, just our little final wrap-up question that I'll give to you. Um, I'll give you another really cruel question. Oh, um, do you have a favorite um, mystery of the rosary? Oh, man. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so now you understand being on the other side of the chair. It's... So my favorite rosary to pray is the, the, the mysteries are the sorrowful mysteries. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, my- oh my gosh, it's so hard for me to answer this question. <laughs> so it, I think it is between, my answer is going to change tomorrow, <laughs> but I think it is between the, the fourth mystery, uh, the, the carrying of the cross mm. and the, the crucifixion. Um, both because of the way that our Lord and our Lady interact there. Yeah. Um, the fourth mystery in particular, though, I think because there's something so, the word intimate doesn't even, I think, begin to touch, but between the gaze uh, of our Lady and our Lord yeah. and what's happening there. 
um, both in the heart of our Lord, seeing his mother, and knowing that if he gets to that cross, he's going to get to that cross, obviously. I'm speaking in Brother Elijah, I don't understand the the divine mind terms, yeah. but um, if he gets to that cross, everything that Our Lady received in the Immaculate Conception, he sees it in her eyes in that moment, mm-hmm. and he knows that when he gets to that cross, that's exactly what he went to die for. Um, and in a, in a very real way, he sees in Our Lady all that the Bride of Christ will become, mm-hmm. and it's like this this motivator for him, you know. Yeah. Um, and then in Our Lady, that that she just sees in a sense, just everything that she has received from the Lord and, and, and how much the Lord loves her and, and yeah. what the Lord had to suffer yeah. to give her that immaculate heart that she, that she was bearing in her, yeah. in her bosom in that moment. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, um, since you took the, the sorrowful mysteries, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you have those. And, uh, and I think for me, just the, uh, in a special way, the the mystery of the ascension has been a, a, a mystery that I feel like the Lord has just given me to meditate upon, and yeah. then and then how that then also then leads to the mystery of Pentecost. So those glorious mysteries, the second and third glorious mysteries of, of ascension and Pentecost, and and um, just Our Lady's role mm. with the apostles um, and and mothering the church yeah. um, in those moments um, are I find. Beautiful. Um, so we got the sorrowful and the glorious. So there it is. We did it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but thanks for sharing us with your your story, your your origins, um, and and just your heart for the Lord and for Our Lady. And, Absolutely. Uh, so that's our episode this week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Uh, so we are now out of time, and I'm going to ask uh, Brother Elijah to, to close us in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you glory. We thank you um, for all of your blessings. We thank you, Jesus, for uh, all of the blind spots in our life uh, that you allow that we might not mess up your perfect plans. And we thank you for the faithfulness uh, that you profess to us, Lord, even from the cross, uh, as you you plead to the Father for forgiveness. And we thank you for the mother that you've entrusted to us, that she may make up for for all that we lack and more. Uh, And so we just entrust to your heart, uh, Immaculate Mother, uh, all of those who are listening now, uh, and even all of those who uh, they carry in their own hearts. As we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.